I got. Is I that got the start? You guys got the start of the start. The show, show is going. Yeah. Three, two, one. Let's go. <laughs> What's up? What do you guys want? Three, two, one. Contact. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember that. Three, two, one. That was contact. a good show. It was. We should talk. We should spend one episode, not this one, about talking about shows that inspired us as children. Oh. Well, we don't really have a solid topic, so we can totally do that today. (laughs) But yeah, that's an excellent idea. All right. Let's go through what we're doing, and maybe we'll jump into that. Okay. What are you doing? I am working on two more giant cups. I haven't done any social media on it because I just don't want the client to jump in. I want them to see them when they're done because I know the client now is watching. So I'm doing the two cups, and right here, I don't want to turn my computer and disconnect my hard drive, but... Right here, I have the Buddha head. I'm working on a big Buddha head. Same thing, too. I don't want to show it off and uh, have the client jump in my social media before I'm ready to show him other stuff. But is this is like a sculpted? You, yeah, so it's a big styrofoam thing. Oh, I'm still wow. finding the exact shape. I'm showing you guys pictures on my phone. Wow. So it's like this big roly-poly head. It's going to be like a, a Disney character head. It gets big sunglasses on it, too. So that's the other reason I don't want the client to see it till it puts, I'll put the I'm sunglasses. I'm so confused. I'm making a big Buddha head. Okay. This is one of the things. So they wanted the three cups, <laughs> the three giant yeah. cups. And uh, I wanted a big Buddha head for bottle service. So when some big wig orders bottle service, a guy with a big Buddha head and sunglasses on comes out and <laughs> serves bottle service. I'm not okay. even joking. I'm and no longer big, confused. With a big dragon tail. So the dragon tail I'll buy. I, I swear <laughs> you sound like one of my kids right now, just like making up a story and adding more to it as you go yeah. along. No, then there's going to be a dragon tail, like a, like a traditional Chinese uh, New Year's dragon tail. And uh, sparklers, gold chains mm-hmm. on the, I think I have to put gold chains on the Buddha, I think. I have to go mm-hmm. back and look at the Makes original sense. notes. <laughs> and, Basically what I picture. Yeah. And so it'll be like... Buddha flexing with a dragon tail for bottle service, you know, right. bottle service. Right. What, what is sure. bottle service? Grown men expen- spending a lot of money on like Dom Perignon or some other bottle that's expensive. And so I, I got you. you get you, you get to flex and show the whole club that you Buddha's going to bring you a, b- a bottle of expensive. Oh. Wow. I know well, I lead kind yeah, of a I'm, sheltered life. Like I understand that I'm not into everything that everybody else is into, but that entire sentence that you just said, everything about that seems entirely foreign to me. Like yeah. this is a whole other world. Oh, well, when, when he asked me to, then this is the client came to me through the TV show. He saw, he goes, you guys could make anything silly and big and large. So would you be able to do this? And the first conversation was about the Buddha head. And I said, sure. So we worked it out. And, and then that's when he said, also, we want the cups. So, we, were, we had a deal on the Buddha head before the cups, and then the cups were th- thrown in. And the cups took precedence because they had some event that needed to have the cups. So now I'm working on the Buddha head, and we were going to 3D CNC it, which probably would have been a lot easier, which I'll probably do next time. But I decided to, for the video and for my own personal challenge, to sculpt it from a drawing. So we had some images just pulled up off of Thingiverse and some other Taylor found a 3D model on Thingiverse that we were going to use. We were going to see, we were going to put it in a slicer program and see and see the foam and then assemble it. But I was like, you know what? Let me just jump into it. So I glued a bunch of pieces of foam together and started sculpting it. And it's 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 about eighty percent, ninety percent on point right now. The good thing is I get to cover the eyes with <clears throat> with glasses. So all my reference photos, I can't find a picture of Buddha with a pair of Ray Bans on. So I'm going to have to just imagine what that looks like. 
You just didn't try hard enough, probably. I'm sure yeah. that's out there. <laughs> probably the picture Taylor drew. Taylor did a composite on Photoshop of what that would look like. Hmm. Imagine so Jimmy eight years ago talking about going to Thingiverse and download, downloading a 3D <laughs> file, putting it in a slicer, and then CNC in it. <laughs> and yet, and yet, he still didn't do it. <laughs> my goal for this year is to find out what a slicer program actually does. That's my goal. Like <laughs> David we used it before. Him. He can tell you all about it. <laughs> no, I, I have. I'm kidding. Taylor actually, because it's it's. We always say you want to learn how to do something. Give yourself a project. And Taylor yeah. got involved with with glass blowing guys, and she traded with the glass blowing guys. She traded the service of providing them with molds, especially for her own things, but then also molds that they want, so that she could just trade with them. And so she learned how to use the slicer programs and everything so that we are seeing seeing glass molds on the I showed a little bit on Instagram a few months ago. But so by default she learned how to do that. That's so this cool. is a a skull that I got from some downloadable 3D website and I put that into a slicer and then sliced uh, on the laser I cut a bunch of pieces of cardboard. So there's probably oh, wow. you know hundred and Oh you, you made that in a video, didn't you? Yeah, maybe yeah, six that. years ago. And yeah, then just covered it with clay, so it looks yeah. like a, a skull. Yeah, that's great. That looks really cool. And who do you tell that, like, when people come over and they're like, oh, you have a skull, who do you say it is? Oh, that's my brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know the story. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew You just say nobody knew him. Like, you know. <laughs> you know, you know nobody knew him. <clears throat> Well, David, what have you been up to? Making any giant Buddha heads? Uh, no. Um, something mm. a little bonkers, though. We um, First of all, I want to say um, people were telling me that the piano video was my best video. That is that oh. is me, I guess, bragging. And that I undersold it on the podcast. So, oh. And I've, I've heard that a couple of times where I, I undersell myself on the podcast. So I'm really going to just hype up myself from here on out. <laughs> I'm so, the best. Uh, if you haven't seen the piano video, go watch. It came out so good. Anyway, I, ha- I have not week, seen it yet, and I'm sorry for that. I do. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I forgive you. Thanks. I- I'm coming over in a couple of weeks. I'll just bring my computer and make <laughs> okay. you watch it. Awesome. <clears throat> so we have this coffee table. Uh, it was like the cheapest coffee table that we could get on Amazon a couple of years ago. And I want to take that and turn it into, well, I wanted to take that and turn it into a fine woodworking piece. So remove the plate, the fake plastic wood. And I posted on my discord, like, here's what I plan on doing. Does anybody have any bonkers ideas? And somebody said, what do you use a coffee table for? And I was like, well, to put my drinks on. And usually it holds the pizza while we're eating. (laughs) And then I'm like, so it turned into this whole conversation of making a coffee table design for pizza so it's got on the front yeah so um the cool thing about this amazon table is it has a nice metal frame so all the all the bones are right there so all i gotta do is just kind of build in around there so we made a uh, compartment in the front that will hold two medium pizza boxes so you can once your pizza arrives you can slide it in there keeps it nice and warm keeps the boxes out of the way so you have a place to eat and then on the ends it has a couple of napkin dispensers and I'm I'm working 
I haven't quite figured out this spring-loaded mechanism to keep the push the napkins up to the top because we got the, I think they're called C-fold napkins where they're kind of folded as you pull one up, the next one mm-hmm. comes up. And so it has two of those uh, on each end. And then I contacted my tattoo buddy to draw me up some inlay. So he drew up like three pizza faces that are, that are and we've, that we, we all caught up and uh, it's actually getting inlaid in there today. So it's a ridiculous coffee table just for eating pizza. And that sounds awesome. I'm, it's, it's super. <laughs> I'm so happy. And uh, so at first Kelly thought I was going to make this fine woodworking piece. And, and then I was like, Oh, by the way, we had a discussion on discord about turning this into a pizza table. And at first she was like, Oh, so we're gonna have to buy a new coffee table, and I was like, "If yeah, we can give this one away if if you don't like it." But then she got on board with it once she saw my buddy's tattoo inlay design. So we we're gonna have a hot dog table, and now we're gonna have the pizza table. <laughs> and so um, I think we're gonna film her reaction, and then we're gonna eat some pizza for the end of the video. It's uh, it's it's a cool video. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. I haven't. So if anybody has suggestions on a title, I haven't figured out like you know, $40 Amazon table to the ultimate coffee eating table. Like I'm, I'm struggling with like the thumbnail and title Mm. here because it's, there's so much going on. Yeah. Pizza, pizza, coffee table, coffee, pizza, pizza, coffee. That sounds terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm brainstorming. Yeah. The the funny thing is I feel like I'm a really creative person. I, I, I honestly feel like I'm I'm very creative, but when it comes to titles and thumbnails, I just fall flat on my face. It's so it's so hard. Well, it the title thing is like it's not just creative. It's not just that like I'm gonna come up with the you know the most adjective heavy way to say that or you know, it's not like a creative sentence. You're trying to hit this weird spot of like somebody's split second attention, you know, search engine optimization keywords up front there's like so many little things that go into making a a title and even a thumbnail it's kind of the same way it's a that stuff takes the fun out of it for me it's like we Mm -hmm. make this whole big project and then we get to the end of it and we're like all right what are we going to call it and we got to sit there for 15 minutes like mashing keywords together to find something that sounds like a human wrote it but still you know pizza station (laughs) pizza consumption station that's it. Need you should, and, then, and, then, and then put the rest of the rest of pizza consumption <laughs> station. Consumption junction. That's the consumption oh. junction pizza station. Oh. Now we're getting. Now it's starting to sound like a show title. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my new podcast. Consumption <laughs> my junction podcast from pizza. the pizza table. There you go. <laughs> well, you just interview celebrities at the pizza table and talk about pizza. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like hot wings it's it's like hot ones but yeah just pizza okay Real so mild, you could do that boring pizza you you could do that but the the catch or the thing you know like hot ones it gets worse as they go so they get more and more in distress so on this show you could just get the worst pizza you could possibly get and they have to eat an entire pizza oh so, so they the have to eat a whole little caesar's pizza yeah exactly exactly the first one you're like oh this is this is not great. And then by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, I think I'm going to barf on your pizza table. <laughs> mm. Yeah. There's a the show. Go for it. All right. You have a million dollar Later, idea guys. right there. <laughs> see ya. Thanks for being on. <laughs> uh, let's see. For me, 
we uh, we're kind of running into the same title thing. The reason that hit with me is because we've been working on for two weeks. I've been working on this uh, what we're calling a super arcade, and it is a credenza piece of furniture with two rows of drawers across the top. I showed you guys a picture of this, didn't I, last week? Maybe. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. Guess Doesn't not. Um, and it's got it's got a row of er, two drawers across the top and then um, shelves underneath it. And the top row of, of drawers is fake. And so you basically you grab a door pull, a drawer pull on the top row, and you lift it up and it opens this like hidden cabinet on the inside of the cabinet. There's a four-player arcade surface that mm, is on locking so door slides and it slides out. Was this your and live stream this week? Was this working on this? That was working on, yeah, like yeah. the controls for it. And then in those shelves underneath it, we've got retro game consoles. I think there's seven down there now or something, but they're all always hooked up to a analog video switcher. So we have a little analog video switcher. So you like go down and turn on the system you want, press the button on the switcher and it's on the TV. And so you've got, you know, the raspberry Pi arcade for the big four person arcade game stuff and then a bunch of separate consoles and controllers in the drawers and games in the drawers and so we've got a whole bunch of stuff there and then it's there's a 75 inch tv over top of it which is just a gigantic tv it's ridiculous but uh so now we have a place to be even less productive in the office which is cool (laughs) so we can have a couch and we can all just sit down and play video games together is it a tv sponsored video it is not I asked because I just got contacted by a, a, a TV. So we did as well after we started building this, and we were already too far in to like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we may have another thing with the TV coming up soon. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, but it turned out really cool, and when we got to the end of it, we were like trying to figure out what the thumbnail is, and it's a secret thing, right? It's it's supposed to be a four person arcade cabinet that you can hide in your living room. And then, so we're like, well, in the thumbnail, do we show it? And then that makes it not a secret anymore. You know, you lose the allure if the picture is it, like, transformed into its final form or whatever. So we kind of went back and forth on the thumbnail. Like, which one do we show? Do we show both states of it? And then, as a title, what's the most important thing? Secret stuff? Arcade stuff? Hidden stuff? Furniture? Living room? You know. You got to show a picture of a rusty bolt and say this becomes this and then you'll go <laughs> so a bolt like in one hand to a, a giant and, arcade with a big in the TV. next hand, yeah that's it just a rusty bolt or a rusty tool and say this has become this or this to this with a big arrow that points from one picture to the other yeah i'm so convinced that some of these restoration videos the person is purposely rusting or making dirtier or somehow modifying the before yeah. object yeah Mm-hmm. In some cases, I just don't like. They have to quite literally make most of it over. Yeah, because it's so deteriorated. Like in the legit deteriorated ones, is so deteriorated. I mean, I don't have the patience to really watch them through, so I just go. I, I can't imagine how that they must have had to completely remake it for it to go from that to that. In some cases, but yeah. they do. There's a big. There is a big controversy that people are. Faking the befores. It's an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. It would be I've been accused of it. I never did it, but I've been accused of faking the befores on some of the, one or two of the things I've done. Really? I, I mean, I've never done any 
I just restore things that I want. You know, these guys are looking for like a rusty truck because that's the whole focus of the channel. I'll restore tools and a couple of times I've been accused of faking it. I can't remember which one it was. It was one huh. particularly. I got a couple of accusations. I can't remember. It'll come to me. Was it the gun? The rifle? Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that might be it. A lot of people said, did I guys t- t- tell you a creepy thing about the rifle? Like, I have no idea where it came from. I bought it from some guy on the side of the road. He had a junk sale temporary junk sale set up in the parking lot of an auction house and it was really obviously very deteriorated and it had like flakes of what to me looked like newspaper on it but i can't be 100 percent sure i have to take a close look at the pictures but somebody suggested that the gun was from a crypt and that it was stolen from a crypt and that it was buried with a, a person why would like they a, have suggested know. that Somebody in the comments section said that looks like a that looks like a crypt gun, and then the conversation started underneath it. Like, yeah, I think it does look like a crypt gun. Those are, that's the flakes of skin on that, not flakes of newspaper. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, that that sounds like it could be a real thing because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the thing came from. I have no idea, and it, it could have been in a crypt, and it was like completely, completely deteriorated as it as it was in the before pictures. That's how I got. How it. much do you pay for that gun? 25 bucks. I bought a bunch of stuff from the guy and everything was a hundred bucks. I bought an old, a bunch of, the guy happened to have all this cowboy stuff. So I bought a pair of overalls. They look like engineer overalls with like the gray and white stripes, a big old, like kind of Ralph Lauren Western duster coat, kind of look like trench coat, mafia coat, but made out of wax canvas. That would have been like a thousand dollar jacket, but it was moldy, but I figured I can clean it. And uh, and that rifle. So those three things and just a couple of little hand tools for 100 bucks altogether. Hmm. And that's so, my biggest performing video, 30 million views. So if somebody were to have stolen that thing out of a crypt, they made $25 for that effort. That yeah. doesn't seem worthwhile to me, but... <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, it could have it could have been stolen out of a crypt and just ended up in someone's storage unit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then that's what this guy does. He he buys and sells storage units. And I have a friend who's a cop who came to the house one day and he was playing with it. He wanted to see it. And he's like, he's like, like he's like a cop first and a friend second because he says this to me. He goes, he goes, uh, I can look up the serial number for this. I go, oh, cool. He goes, but if it's stolen, I have to keep it. Oh, it's like forget it. Just give it back. <laughs> Why would I want to take that chance? I go. Yeah. The thing, hmm. the thing is from eighteen eighties. I think it's still going to be on the books as stolen. And it looks like it's been in on a the Titanic since then. But well, it and if it was weird, stolen you know, from a crypt, it, it probably wouldn't have been marked as stolen. So, you know. Yeah. No. That's that's what I'm saying. I was just like, whatever. I don't take the chances. But if I if it's yeah. marked as stolen, I have to keep it. I'm like, I right, forget it. Just give it back. Come, give it back. I'm going to leave it back on the wall. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> cop first, friend second. Yeah. The real cop. That's crazy. But I don't think yeah, I've ever so, been accused of, of stealing anything from a crypt for any of my videos. Or Yeah. I or did steal. I, I made a joke, actually. I did steal something from a crypt. Uh, I did it called Frankenax as a video I did about two years ago. Me and Taylor went to a, a swimming area. Like you jump off a waterfall. In Breaker this. Bean, New York, which is about 40 miles from me. Breaker Bean, it's the name of this little town. And right across the street from where we parked the car, there is a, a graveyard, which seems abandoned. Like no one takes care of this old ba- graveyard. And right there, there's like three crypts and they're all open to, to the public. And there's just like graffiti and like empty beer cans in them. There's no, there's nothing in them. 
And on the floor of this crypt was this pickaxe I picked up, and that was the pickaxe <laughs> that I ended up using to modify a hatchet head. So I made like a fireman's axe. Like I modified the, I cut the pick off of one and welded it to the axe of the other. Good huh. times. Just how did that end up there? That's a, I don't know. I mean, it could have been the murder weapon for the person that was in there. Who knows? They buried the guy <laughs> with the sense. hat. They buried that the guy with sense. the axe. He was an old coal miner. <laughs> no, there was no inscription on the on the crypt or anything, so I didn't say who who was once there. Well, I also want to be buried with my murder weapon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could have been in his body. They didn't have enough technology to get it out. Oh yeah, this this makes. One he was hit, he was hit with a pickaxe yeah. and it was embedded yeah. in his body. They didn't know why he died. Uh, they just saw the incoming wound. Yeah. The entering wound. <laughs> uh. Well, like I said, we don't have a good way to start the show, but I think we got Here there. We are. Yeah. Bob, did you have a topic? Um, well, kind of. Not really. Yes. No. Kind of. Yes, maybe. So this past weekend... Um, the Maker Alliance, which is the the people that support I Like to Make Stuff on on Patreon and uh, YouTube membership, they created a summer camp, and they ran the thing. We we supported it and you know sponsored it, but they there was a group of them that set it up and uh, they rented out a camp. They had Pinewood Derby building and racing and welding classes, and we did it, we played D and D and. It was this full weekend of, I think there were about, I don't know, 40 or 50 people there. And when I, I wasn't there a whole lot, um, but one of the times I wasn't there, they had a big conversation about imposter syndrome. And so I I was trying to figure out if we had talked about imposter syndrome here before. But for anybody that doesn't know, it's just the idea of, feeling like you're an imposter, like you shouldn't be somewhere, like you uh, shouldn't have attention that you have based on something. Like you're not good enough, you're not skilled enough, you're not whatever enough to be included in a thing. <clears throat> so if you've ever been in a room, excuse me, if you've ever been in a room with people and you're like, man, I just really shouldn't be here, that's imposter syndrome. So they had this big conversation about it. And um, like I said, I wasn't there for that, but I heard you know, firsthand of how personal it got and how big it, it, you know, a lot of people were sharing how they felt about being there and how they were, um, I think it was helpful to have a group of people there that they had a lot in common with, even though they didn't know each other, they, they overcame some of that feeling, but they still talked about it a whole lot. And so I was hearing about this afterwards. And while I was listening to it, I had that feeling. And so these are people that, this is a group of people that support us in what we do. And I am not the only one that I like to make stuff, but I am kind of the face of it, right? I am the one that's most out front. And so I don't think it's all towards me, but they support the group of us, the team and the company. And so within that support, you would think that that means they they value what we do or they think something good about us or whatever. So that's that's assumed. I heard this conversation or heard this about this like big conversation that they had. And I immediately felt, man, like I, 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 they don't really know like how bad I am at this. They don't really understand how, how I'm just barely, you know, able to come up with ideas. They don't really know how, you know, and I had that feeling of like, man, I just, I feel like I'm like a faker. 
feel like I'm a total faker. And I don't know. Did it I mean, stay it was with good. You or did you? Did you? Were you able no. to resolve? Oh it? no, 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 no. I mean, I was able to step out of it. But it's it's a thing. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I think when you have this, like, you have people like the three of us and many other people who who do what we do online. And even if we show our failures and we show that we are people and that we we don't know everything, there's still this weird like assumption of authority in some way, shape, or form about each of us. And for people who are not, you know, people who consume what we do, there can be like this this rift kind of form between us and them, them and us, to where you feel like, oh man, those people are really good at a thing, but not me. And and I wanted to bring this up, not really because I have a point or to make with it or anything to really say, except that I felt the same way on the negative end of it, looking at this group of people. Like, they just don't know that I'm not really that good at this. Or they, you know, and I, I still felt that way. And I think it can be, I just want people to understand that those people specifically to understand that that feeling of imposter syndrome is not only on one side of the aisle. It's not only on one side of the screen. At least for me, it's on both sides of the screen. I still have that feeling constantly about all sorts of stuff. Every time I dive into something new, um, I feel it, which makes sense because, you know, if you don't have skill around something, you're not going to feel like you have skill. But I found myself recently jumping back into something I've done a million times. I just made an arcade. This is like the fourth or fifth arcade thing that I've made. And I still kind of felt going into it like, oh, man, like I should really know this by now. Like this should be second nature. I'm working on a prop right now where I'm doing finishing. I spent all the day yesterday sanding on this thing going, man, this, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to make this thing look like metal. You know what I mean? It's just like, it keeps, it keeps happening. So I keep sanding this piece of wood. It's not for a video. It's, it's for one of Taylor's clients. And I keep trying to get the finish right. And, and I just, I just said, you know what? It's the humidity. I just can't get it right because of the humidity. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing exactly the way I would do this every other time. And it's just not coming out. It's coming out really good, but it's not coming out perfect, and it's driving me nuts. <clears throat> and every day is 95 degrees with you know 100% humidity here, so I think that's the main problem. I'm just not getting a consistent sheen, but I'm having the same problem. I'm like, here I am. I've been doing this <clears throat> most of my life, and I'm still not perfect at it, and it's driving me nuts. It's like even guys that are pro finishers, I'm sure, still have similar problems. But <clears throat> funny you should say that because every time I open up YouTube and I see stuff made here, I'm like, I should just throw my camera away. <laughs> <laughs> because his stuff is just so good and so entertaining. And I'm just like, yeah, wow, I've been able to fake it long enough. Okay, now somebody else has to. That's it. I'm, I'm exposed. Yeah. Stuff made yeah. here hits a million every time he dilly dallies and tinkers in his shop. He comes up with some amazing new invention that NASA hasn't even thought of. And I'm just like, why bother? Or whistling diesel drives yeah. his car through his garage door, and I'm just like, wow, I, I don't have the money to break things like that. But as much as I'd love to, I'd love to destroy <laughs> new cars. I just, I don't have the, <laughs> I should just throw away my camera. Or, you know, Colin Furs digs a tunnel from his house to his garage, and I'm just like, boy, I, I've faked it long enough, but I'm not faking it that hard. I can't <laughs> fake it that hard. Yeah. I, I, so I what can, happens? The the absolute worst I had this feeling, Bob, you were there. So this was maybe five years ago. We were all in a hotel room. It's me, 
you, Mark Rober, Derek from Veritasium, Destin from Smarter Every Day, and Diana, the physics girl. And I was just like, why am I in this room, this hotel room <laughs> with these people who are a thousand times smarter than me? I was just like, it, it was mind blowing. And I should not have been there. I agree that I, sh- I should not, that you shouldn't have been there. I agree. I felt the same way that I should not have been there. <laughs> be clear about what I meant right there. Yeah. yeah you definitely don't belong in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, in, in certain cases like that, like, I agree. Like you and I were the outliers in that room for sure. Like, yeah. but they were, they're in a different thing and we probably shouldn't have been there from the perspective of like what they do versus what we do. But it was a nice friendly group of people. That's why we were there. And that's, that seems legitimate. Like if I were to go into, I don't know, I can't think of anything. I go into some, you know, culinary school and there's people making amazing stuff of course i shouldn't be there i don't know how to cook i don't have any interest in it it's not like that makes sense and i didn't feel imposter syndrome there because it's like a different world um but like going to a maker event going to some art thing for you going to you know all the stuff that we're into all the time um no matter how in it we are no matter how much time we've spent exploring those things it's still absolutely natural if you're not completely conceited to go into one of those situations and be like yeah i mean i just don't i don't measure up to this i don't you know but at the same time i think that can be a tool if you use it correctly so we had another conversation the three of us before we started recording about when to say what you know and i think when you go into a situation and you do have some knowledge, but you're, you know, you have the imposter syndrome thing and you don't feel like you've got enough to share or you don't feel like you should be there or whatever, that's a great opportunity to like hang back and observe and soak in as much as possible and learn and not try to to be the one that's like steps out front and be like, I'm going to say all the things I know. So it looks like I know some stuff. So I should be here. You know, you don't like, you don't want to false validate yourself just by like, and and I, I know some people, specific people who do that. They walk into a room and they just start saying what they know on the subject. So it looks like, you know, they're, they've got something to add. They've got clout enough to be there. Um, Sometimes there are people that do that. And I've been observing this lately. There are people that walk into a room and, talk about what they know and it's and you can kind of tell the difference it's almost a little it's a little sad sometimes because you could tell they're doing it because they're insecure and they're not doing it because they're trying to show off and so you're like in your mind you like give them a little hug and you're like it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay we all know a lot of things you could okay oh really is that how oh okay and then you let them have their thing and then they kind of slowly be like okay maybe i said too much too fast you know, you just acknowledge them. But you could really tell the difference between someone that's flexing because maybe they you, – you hear this a lot around machining, <clears throat> a lot around machinists and, and car car guys. A lot of – you know, like you could, you could tell like a real car guy versus a guy that wants to flex that he knows a lot. You know, he'll like say a, a lot of transmission details and, you know, distributed details and stuff that – he knows you won't know anything about, or at least, you know, only a real car guy will know. So 
they haven't. Sorry, I'm just getting a message from Taylor in Europe, so I get distracted. But you know, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a subtle difference. And when someone comes in a room like that and starts touting off, I just I, I typically, unless people ask, I typically keep my mouth shut. So it used to be funny when. Me, me and my friend would always go out and socialize in New York City. And every time the conversation came when you met new people, be like, well, what do you do for a living? And I used to, when I was actively a toy inventor, if I met somebody that I actually felt like engaging with, I would say, oh, I'm a toy inventor. And they'd be like, ooh, what is that like? And then I'd be excited to share that with them. And then, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a teacher at NYU. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, so you get a good conversation going on when, uh, when, you don't really feel like talking and say, what do you do? You, I'm a carpenter or, you know, something that's like kind of like a little bit more garden variety everyday thing. Oh, well, that's cool. What do you, oh, you make, oh, you make, yeah, I make kitchen cabinets. And you just try and say something and just get rid of them, uh, you know, or at least just not engage deeply. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I used to, have, uh, I still do, I guess I still do that, but I would do it more often when I was socializing more in New York. We, we would always go out to dinner and cafes and stuff, being a few friends, but I always had a choice to decide what I wanted to say. I guess we all still do. We still have a choice to decide. Like, it, it's 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 almost refreshing when I'm in Home Depot and I meet somebody, or or even yeah, I had a meeting yesterday with a knife company, and I had a meeting with a, a company that might manufacture one of my knives. It's an American company that manufactures knives, and we met through a friend. But the whole time I was on the Zoom call with him. I realized they had no idea that I was some sort of celebrity or that I had any sort of selling power. And they just thought I was just some guy that just wanted to make his own knife, which was kind of refreshing. I didn't have to qualify and I didn't have to flex on them or anything. We just kept it totally technical. And he was just like, well, how do you plan on selling it? Because he's like, I, I mean, he's interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing him. He doesn't want to go down the road with someone that doesn't have any money or that's going to sell two knives or whatever. Or when he tells me the MOQ is a thousand, I'm going to be like, whoa, that's a lot of money. You know, I could tell he's feeling me out and as I'm feeling him out. And, uh, but we had a very, very, very decent conversation. It was really good. I was really impressed with these guys. And by the end of the phone call, I think they were impressed with me. So, but I didn't go in going like, do you know who I am? I have 1.9 million followers on YouTube. One day I'll have 2 million, but don't say it yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't have to flex on that. I just said, oh, I'm on YouTube. And I could tell they were like Googling me while we were talking because they were at a keyboard. And so was I. I was looking at their website and like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, all right. So it's, it's a case-by-case basis. You know? So I, I kind of created a rule for myself a, a while ago uh, in regard to like telling people what I do. And this is more for my own comfort than anything else, I guess. I'm not trying to be humble, but I, I say as little as possible when somebody asks yeah. me what I do. Because I say I'm a I'd, fabricator for the most part. I'm a fabricator. Oh, what do you make? Yeah. Uh, metal and wood. Yeah. Um, but saying as little as possible gives me the opportunity, I guess like you were saying, it gives me the opportunity to kind of bow out of details if I, you know, mm-hmm. if I really don't right. feel like going into it. And I think it's just like a weird amount of attention. We we get a lot of attention where we are anyway that I'm not entirely comfortable with as a person. So mm-hmm. I, when it comes to trying to figure out how to talk about that stuff in an actual face-to-face conversation with somebody that I don't know, I just, I just don't really want to say any more than I have to, but you kind of can't avoid it completely. Right now, because of all the stuff I was telling you last week, my kids are in 
several soccer teams. So we're being introduced to lots of new parents that we're spending a lot of time with. Like we see them several times a week at games and different things like this. Some of these parents are people that I actually went to high school with that I have not seen in 20 some odd years. Uh, And some of them are people that I don't know. And so I have a lot of these kind of first time conversations in the past couple of weeks of like, oh yeah, well, what do you do? Or, you know, like, oh, I haven't seen you in 20 years. What have you been up to? You know, (laughs) like try to wrap that 20 year explanation into as like vague terms as possible. (laughs) But also I think that probably is, at least for me, a smart way to go about most things is to, well, hmm be careful what I say here is to only say things that are valuable to the other person. So like if, if we're in a setting where, um, take my kids, my kids ask me, excuse me, my throat's messed up, ask me questions and I can take two different routes. I can do one where it's like, Oh, you asked me about 3d printers. I'm going to dump every bit of 3d printer knowledge. I know on you right now so (laughs) so that you've got it all. But I know that's that's not going to land with them. I know it's not going to sink in. I'm going to talk forever, and they're not really going to get any more than the one sentence that they asked for in the first place. Or I can give them, you know, intentional bare minimum information enough to lead them into another question or enough to lead them into, okay, well, now I know that. So what's the next thing that I should try to figure out about knowing? And so with the kids, a lot of times uh, – I have to stop myself from just like, oh, you're interested in the thing I'm interested in. <clears throat> Good grief. You know, I'm just going to say it all. I got to stop myself from doing that um, because I think it that's actually not that beneficial for them. And same probably goes for other people as well. Somebody asks what I do. They're not necessarily asking about everything that I do. So I don't need to tell them about this podcast and about the course and about this, you know, all the things. They're just trying to get an idea of who I am. How many times, uh, guys, all three of us, how many times a week do people say, you know, you really need, you know, you should start a podcast. You're really good at talking. How many times have, does that happen? I do get that on occasion. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I've had a podcast since podcast started. Really? <laughs> what is it called? And they pretend to write it down. You know, they're not writing anything down. <clears throat> so, David, I know that you are probably the least of the three of us. You are probably the least likely to step forward with like, let me tell you what I know. Yeah. But the I would older like to I hear get, the less I want to talk about myself. Okay. How do you handle this I, if, I've noticed. In, in this case? Like if if somebody asked you what you did or or about a specific thing, somebody asked you about go-karts in broad strokes, what would you do? Well, at times I'm really really excited about go-karts. So if somebody asked me about go-karts and I'm in that excited mood, I'm going to be like, "Oh, well, let me tell you, I, I, you know, I race in this league and it's all this grassroots backyard stuff and we build our own motors. Um, when somebody asks what I do, I'm always kind of feeling out the situation. Like, is this, is this a conversation where we're going to be engaged for a while or is this just a, you know, hello, how are you doing? Let's, let's move on. And so many times I'll just say, yeah, I'm a woodworker. But sometimes woodworker is confusing to other people. They might think like, oh, you build sheds, houses, you know, or like, oh, there's still woodworkers out there. What do you what do you make? And then I'm like, I make little boxes and sometimes furniture and, you know, it's a really hard question to ask. And sometimes I just avoid it 
yeah. as much as I can. So just say you make I make pizza stations, and then it'll be I make uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then just yeah. walk away. <laughs> yeah. Hot dog tables. Later. Hey, hot dog tables. <laughs> See ya. Mic drop. <laughs> it's funny. We had um, about um, two months ago, we had my new laser dropped off. And it comes in on this big crate. And it takes a special FedEx truck to be dropped off. And it's being, the, the guy's unloading it into my garage. And my brother is there. And uh, the guy was like, Oh yeah, I've uh, I've delivered a few of these, a few of these lasers. He knew what it was, and it's like, oh, that's cool. And then my brother was like, oh yeah, David's a famous YouTuber, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh why? People why? do that all the time with me. I hate it, and I hate it so much. And the guy's like, oh, tell me more. And I'm like, yeah. and then you got to go into it. And then afterwards, I had to tell Daniel, I'm like, first of all, I don't like talking to strangers. <laughs> and second of all, don't p- tell people I'm a famous YouTuber. Because <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a famous YouTuber. It really doesn't feel that way. I feel like I'm in my own little world and I make videos and somehow yeah. I hacked life and figured out how to make a living from it. Did he say, what, let me let me guess what he might have said. Because I've been in a similar situation with like, oh, he's on, you know, he's on Netflix. And the first thing the person who's getting informed, like un, unwillingly by me, not by me, but by somebody I'm with, oh, you, you don't know, you don't recognize him? He's on Netflix. And the very first thing that other person will say is, well, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't, I don't really have Netflix. And I'm like, we're not about to do a quiz. Relax. All you have to say is, interesting. Cool. You don't have to say, well, yeah. I don't watch Netflix. I don't. There's no need to excuse yeah. yourself why you don't know who I am. It doesn't matter. Oh, I wasn't going to tell you I've anyway. The, this conversation wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I've gotten the, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think I've, I think I've heard of you. Like, yeah, no, no, you haven't. You, 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 haven't. <laughs> you don't have to pretend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't watch TV. I'm like, it's all right. I, I don't care. I, so I was a part of a conversation last night with some people in um, Maker Alliance, and they were there was a, one guy who was working on a, a metalworking project, and he's working working on the sign, and it's this ten foot long strip of metal, and he was welding on some brackets, and he just wasn't paying attention to what he he was doing. He added too much heat along these like several points, and so by the time he got to the end of the thing, this long ten foot piece of metal curved a little bit. And so it bent backward, and this was supposed to be a bracket for a sign that he had made, so the shape changed. And so he was asking us as a group of, like, I don't know, 20-something people, you know, here's the situation, here's some pictures of it, how should I straighten this? And he gave a couple of ideas, and a few of us other ones gave a couple of ideas. <clears throat> and one guy, Andrew, who's probably listening, Andrew, um, jumped in with a very specific and well said here's how you bend something back and it was it was not just like the method for doing it you know use these tools and do this thing but it was like you have to work against these factors you have to create heat in a certain place because that's going to hold a change in the metal and and it was a it wasn't just I'm the loudest one in the room. I've got an idea and some knowledge, so I'm just going to throw it out. It was it was like he made a concerted effort to let everybody else get their ideas out and then said, here's, here's the way to do it because I know from experience or because I know from science or because I know from whatever. And it was an interesting moment of uh, 
of like people brainstorming with their limited experience and then somebody not trying to show off at all, but somebody with, I have the answer and I'm going to step in and have the, you know, and, and it was good. It was helpful, I think. Um, but a lot of times, especially in groups of makers where you just like people are problem solvers and we all just, I, you know, I'm going to use my personal experience to, to give you the best answer I can. Um, a lot of times you end up with kind of these, these crawling idea chains of like, oh, well, you could try this. Well, oh yeah, then you could try this. Oh yeah, then you could try this. And it sounds like people are being know-it-alls probably out from listening outside. But I think a lot of times with us and with people like us, it's just brainstorming. It's just, you know, trying to solve with what we have on hand. Kind of we thing. did, uh, I, ha- I do a discourse with a couple of guys uh, in, in honor of Aaron. Actually, this uh, today is one year since we lost Aaron. So love, one love to Aaron. But uh, we do a little discourse for Aaron and um, in honor of Aaron and a couple of guys. And, and one particular evening we were all on and I, I, uh, Ivan Eiler, who's a metal worker, who I could, he'll be my pick for the week. We'll talk about Ivan. And he did a conversation. He's such a, a sweet, humble guy and he knows so much. He's kind of worked alone making motorcycles and doing metal work. And now he's kind of out in the public because he got popular from, he was on Metal Masters. I think he won the, the season of Metal Masters on Netflix. And so now he's like suddenly has an audience and he's such a sweet guy. And we were all asking questions about how to shape metal and he knew the answers. And he, he says, oh, if you guys let me, I'll, I'll explain how I would be able to do that. And he did a whole demo and like probably 10 minutes on this video chat we had and it was amazing like everybody was completely mesmerized by his knowledge and he didn't have to flex he didn't have to say you know he just basically shared and i think that is one interesting thing the only time we really have those weird those weird interactions with like having to leak what we know to who we know or what we know and it is with people outside this community because i think we're all the information here is free flowing and there's no need to flex you know you might you might flex with somebody who really has, it's been my experience, maybe you guys too, you'll meet somebody that's really knowledgeable but doesn't know how to use a camera. So they're never going to, so they feel a little insecure when you say, oh yeah. Well, here's a, here's a perfect example. My my brother's friend growing up, he's my brother's best friend from when we were, he was always, he was like my second older brother. He sees my popularity on YouTube. And he says, there's nothing, and he constantly reminds my brother, and my brother reminds me, there's nothing special about Jimmy. He just films himself. It's the only, <laughs> you better tell him there's nothing special about what he's doing. He's just filming he himself. He sounds like a really cool guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's got a lot of, <laughs> lot of things going on there. And <clears throat> so Joey always laughs and reminds me. He's like, let's not forget, you're not special. You just film yourself. And I'm like, he's not too wrong. <laughs> He's not all that wrong. I'm not that special. I just film myself and I don't claim to be special. And like occasionally my brother will report back to me because Billy doesn't have my direct number or at least we don't have that conversation. We don't have an open conversation. He could call me anytime. I would talk to him anytime he wanted to. But I, he must feel comfortable criticizing me to my brother. He'd be like, you know, your brother did a video where he was TIG welding and he did it wrong and he should have done it like this. And this is. And so I constantly hear. Uh, you know, the, so I guess the point I was making is there are guys that are very good at what they do, but the minute you say, oh, I do what you do, I do similarly to what you do, but I film myself and I put it on YouTube and they're like, 
Yeah, well, I don't know how to use a camera. You know, I've been doing this my whole life, and, you know, this is my life. It's, you know, I'm not, I don't need to show anybody. I'm like, I'm not asking you to show anybody. You just ask me what I do, and I'm telling you. You know, they get a little insecure about it. So I'm not special. I just film what I do. That's the only difference between me and people who do what I do with no camera. So I, re- I, 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 I take that criticism. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I think that's the case for all of us. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that we're. And and this is the thing I brought up before. I think about authority is you know, there's an assumed authority in published media because 50 years ago, 30 years ago, if you had a book on a shelf. You had to have gotten there because you had authority on a subject and somebody thought it was worth right. paying the process to get a book on a shelf. If you had a song that somebody across the country or world could listen to, it's because you had a good enough authority about music writing or production or whatever that somebody paid to have it recorded, to distributed and all that. Now, distribution of any kind of media is free, really, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. but... It makes it so that there's no built-in authority to anything. Again, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but we, most of us still have the feeling that when something is published, it's because authority let it, you know, it, it had inherent authority, and that's why it's published. That's why it's out there. And so a yeah. lot of people will look at us like we, I don't, I don't know if they think we, assume authority on our own or they just transfer it to us. I, don't I think, know. I think the authority that matter, I think all of us, I think the authority that all of us have uh, in the, in the largest way, correct me if you think I'm wrong, is that we dispel any fear. So yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, know, I think I, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself an expert on all the various things that I do, but sure. I at least, and Bob, you do it, especially it's like, Hey, look, I'm going to try this. I mean, that's part of, that's, kind of the mantra of your channel in many ways is yeah. I'm going to try this. You could try too. And there's no, no one's going to die. You know, if yeah. you fail, you just try it again. And I think that's the biggest thing. We're not saying this is the most perfect way to take. Well, this is the most perfect way to fix an engine. It's just, I get past the fear and so could you. And by the way, I'm still scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> you know, that's why we intentionally did the, the, fear of machining video that Mm -hmm. we did recently is because I am trying to make sure that I remember to tell people that there is still fear because when we do this all the time, it can be really easy to just like skip over the fact that like I, you know, yeah, I may not know what I'm doing, but it's not a big deal. I am still kind of scared of things. I'm scared of screwing up a tool or material or myself, you know? Um, And, I guess the reason I bring up the the whole authority thing is because just because we have that platform, just because we put a camera on it, we're not special. Anybody could put a camera on it. Um, But I do think that that ties back into the whole like imposter syndrome thing a bit in that just because what, what I, I'll speak for myself, but just because what I do and I put it out online and I create these videos about stuff the way that I can feel okay about doing that without authority to do it is that I'm exploring it. So I'm not doing it because I'm trying to show people the right way, not doing it because I try to like claim that I like, you know, look what I know that I hope doesn't come across and that's not the purpose of it. And so the, the kind of exploration of it is proof that I don't know. 
it's proof that I'm shouldn't be in the room. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, you know? And and I, I just I hope people get that and I hope people can like take that for themselves. This all comes from listening to again, uh not being in the room, but listening to conversation about a bunch of people who didn't feel like they should be in a room that they absolutely should have been in. Mm-hmm. Like I want them all to feel included and 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 not that you don't have to have authority to be included and to be in well, a room. It, to, I had a to, point I to wanted to have add a reason to, to be there. When you said just simply because it's published, we assume we assume authority. The best thing about the time we live in now is the democratization, if that's the right word, of yeah. even just even how many stupid things have we learned from TikTok by you know, there might be the example I'm thinking of is something you guys might have seen is somebody showing how to sew a hem. They take a piece of paper and they roll it around this piece of fabric and then they glue the piece of fabric with the roll guide to the front of the foot of the stitch and then you feed the fabric and the fabric slides through this rolled up piece of cardboard and creates a perfect hem along the edge of a piece of fabric. That's an example of somebody who would never probably consider themselves, oh, I have all this important stuff to share. Somebody might be in a factory and see that and go, oh, that's cool. Let me film that and then put that on TikTok. And now that is somebody that never would have got a book deal, probably never would have got a television mm. show, never would have had a documentary made about him. But they have these pearls of wisdom that are getting disseminated now these days through TikTok and Reels that are amazing. I mean, most of my scrolls are just welding heavy machinery, stupid little tips and tricks on manufacturing and stuff like that. I do a lot of like, I see a lot of like manufacturing things where I'm like, oh, that's how that happens, you know? Hmm. And they're all like 50, 60 second things. That's all I need. That's all we need. That's apparently all we all need now. (laughs) But (laughs) so whereas we're being exposed to so many more pearls of wisdom that we never would have gotten, you know, we would have had to read a book or get some instruction from somebody that used a sewing machine to see that little tip on whatever it read is. Read a book. And, uh, and everybody on YouTube is sharing <laughs> a, what, what, Bob? Yeah. I said, read a book. Ugh. What the heck yeah, is that? Is that Wikipedia? <laughs> I feel the, um, <clears throat> I feel the imposter syndrome alone in my room all the time. I don't think it has to be with other people. Like just looking at things online mm-hmm. Or watching videos, or or looking at books, because <laughs> I I tend to surround myself with things that are better than what I do. So I mean, uh, if I'm looking if I'm looking at woodworking stuff, I'm not looking at stuff that's below my skill level. I'm looking at stuff that's above my skill level, and I might look at it and say, "Man, I am not a woodwork because look at that." But I use that as a tool to try to get better. And it's it's the same thing with art. We've had this conversation. I have I'm not totally comfortable calling myself an artist. And then every time I say that, I'll get some tweets saying, "Well, you are an artist." And then you guys will say you're an artist. But I don't want people to say that to me. I want to I want to use that as a tool to like push myself to get to the point where I can call myself mm-hmm. an artist. So I'm 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 calling myself a non-artist because I want to get to a certain point where I feel mm-hmm. comfortable saying that. And that's, I'm using that as, as my, as my motivation. Yeah. It's funny. Every, every, I was going to say every single time I'm sculpting the Buddha head or I'm making this giant cup or uh, I'm making, I'm looking around the room for something or I'm making a boat the entire time I'm making the boat, 
there's a little tiny, it's really tiny. And the older I get, the smaller it gets. But that voice is in the back of my head going, what business is it of yours to be making a boat? Who do you think you are that you could sculpt a Buddha head? Who do you think you are that you can make a giant cup? I have, it's really tiny, but it's there. <laughs> it's there every That's single be, time that I do something. because. It's like, who do, who do you think you are buying a 4,000 pound machine? Who do you think you are? Yeah. You don't, you, you have no business doing this. That is because there are people dedicated to making boats. There are people dedicated who are sculptors. And you're like, pick, pick a career. You're 55 years old. Right, right. Yeah. There are people dedicated to making pizza tables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a guy with a phone yeah. recording right. myself. Yeah. Oh, well, so, welcome to the party. Now you're going to come in and yeah. leave? You're going to leave the pizza table making business? You're just going to do one and go? Yeah. Yeah, make a TikTok. See you later. Yeah. So if you're talking about like the the woodworking, how you're always looking at stuff that's better than you know what your current skill level. So don't you feel like, well, is it intentional with the artist statement, the self proclamation, that it's a rolling scale that you will always chase that not that you'll not get to yeah the goalpost will always be further yeah. away i mean no do you feel that way about calling yourself an artist too you want it to be and this yeah. is a question on a, a statement do you want it to be a pursuit that you well, don't reach oh no that is no because i think there is a there is a a, a goal like someday i want to have enough pieces enough non-functional things of just it's it's pure art that creates a reaction or emotion and I want to have enough of these pieces where somebody where I have a gallery show and not something that I put on in my garage but something you know somebody says hey you were invited to come to this gallery show your stuff blah 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 I want to get to that point I'm I'm really far away because I don't create I don't produce enough of this to do that but I hope when I'm older that is that 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 is the goalpost that I'm actually moving towards. That is not. It's it's still being pushed away as I go towards it, but I, I think I'm going a little faster than it's being pushed away. Yeah. Other things like woodworking skills, and videography skills, and 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 whatever else, that goalpost is moving at the same speed I am. Right. Got it. Cool. Well, uh, any other thoughts on this stuff? I did have the, we, we were another thought completely different is we were talking about um, everything is published now. And there was a video that I, it was like a viral video going around a couple weeks ago. And it was like every rock hit from like 1950 to 2022. And it would just show clips of, of the songs and you could, you're like, Oh yeah. I recognize this song. I recognize this song. Oh yeah. Why didn't they choose this song for this year? But that's a, that's a good song. And then it would just go up. And then when it got to about 2005, I recognized the songs less or the songs seem less iconic. And I, and it seemed to me as soon as high speed internet came, that's when things changed because it leveled the playing field. Mm. So no longer were there just major label songs being out new but anybody can make a song put it on bandcamp or soundcloud and some of these people became famous just by self-producing and so the playing field is level which makes things a little bit less iconic but hmm. but then i'm struggling with maybe it's not so iconic because the song isn't 30 years old yet but oh, i yeah. love the idea that point. that the playing field is level 
and maybe there's not big major hits anymore, but anybody with a laptop can make a good song. It's, that's yeah. a really that's a really good point to make. Is that you don't have these iconic like seventies huge bands like Yes and Boston. Like I, I listen to some of that music and I'm like, you don't have these huge hits anymore. But at the same time, you have these small self-published artists that I find on YouTube occasionally on Instagram and and the music is as impactful as or as good. And it's just a different world now because yeah. you're never gonna hear that on the radio. You gotta go find it. And that personal connection might even be more stronger than the idea of like yeah. the king's new clothes like i gotta like boston because it's the number one i remember boston because when i was a kid i remember that album came out in the seven, 1977 i was 10 years old it's like all you heard was that boston album and out of nostalgia <laughs> every once in a while i put it on and listen to it i'm like oh this reminds me of the summer in 77 but the idea of now anybody being able to create a piece of art that will connect with its personal audience is just it's just amazing it's like where we came from from the 80s to the 90s to now, like in 10 years from now, it's just, there's not going to be any television yes. production companies. It's just going to be who you're watching. Which Fun fact. Personal publisher. Uh, Tom Schultz from Boston is from Toledo. Oh, yes? Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out. <laughs> right personal publisher. from Boston? That doesn't make any sense. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know, right? Hashtag personal publishing. Is that a, is that a phrase? Did I just make that up? <laughs> and think, like, Maybe. can you... Just just you saying Boston, I think of the iconic album cover. Yeah, the al- of the flying right. guitars. I, yeah. Or the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the I, flying spaceships. I, yeah, yeah, the spaceship guitars. I, I am, and I'm not even a Boston fan, but that image to me is so iconic. By the and way, you said spaceship and I said anymore. guitars. It wasn't until like I was in the 80s or the 90s that I realized that that is a spaceship, but it is a guitar and really foreshortened. Did you know that? No, I got to go look, look at, at this that image. Picture. Now. It's, a, it's, a, it's a spaceship, <laughs> but it's so foreshortened you can't see the tail of the neck all the way in the distance. Am I right or am I right? I'm looking. Oh. Am I right or am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah, but it's did like you always underside. see it as a spaceship and not a guitar? Yeah, I saw like a UFO. But yeah. I'm saying, did you notice it was a guitar until I just said it? No. See, I remember having that epiphany one day, looking wow, at the album. My mind is just blown. <laughs> my, I see it now. Yeah, that's why I said flying guitars, and you said spaceship. Then I remembered having the epiphany one day, looking at it, going, "Oh wow, that's like a guitar in really short foreshortening. Oh, you can't even see the back of it." Man, there you go. Crazy. I um, mic drop. Uh, have a good day, guys. <laughs> see you later. Just a lot of mic drops. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It, I I just recently uh, like one of my favorite side A's of all time is Super Tramp. Breakfast in America. Oh, yeah, that's the a side A of that album is just it's just hit after hit, and, and it's so good. Just maybe a year ago, I I just realized that the f- cover of that album is taken out of an airplane window, and it's looking down on 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 the city. And I just thought it was a photo up high, but I don't. It's just one of those things. That, you know, this this album is forty some years old, and I'm I'm now realizing, oh, that's from an airplane. I'm looking right now. Oh, yeah, that's... uh... Well, while you guys are Googling images, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. (laughs) It's a woman in a window. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) That's the World Trade Center is in that picture. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. And 
I want to call out a couple of things. One, Newton Makes should have been on that list in the show notes for several weeks. And I thought I had the most updated list, and I did not. So sorry about that. Uh, but you're Thank in there you. now. But also, uh, we have a group of top supporters. And last week, I went through the whole list, and I got to the last one. And I was like, well, it's probably Gretchen Hoffer because, you know, I haven't heard differently. And then I immediately heard differently. It's Hofer. <laughs> Oh, I told yes. you, Bob. I told which Bob is how it's spelled. So I mic mean, that drop. would make <laughs> stop with the mic drops. I mean, it would make sense. That's how it's spelled. But I, now I know. So thank you for letting me know, Gretchen. I appreciate that. Um, but along with Gretchen, we also have Michael Menegin, Warren Works, Scott Orham, Full Steam Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low and Design, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Caleb Harris. You can make this too. Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. Those are our top supporters over on Patreon. Uh, but like Newton makes, there's a bunch of other people that help us Thank out you. as well. They all get the after show, which is super cool. Um, I mean, I hope it's super cool for them. It's it's super cool that they support us and they get the after show. That's how that should have gone. Um, and it's an extra podcast with, you know, 15, 20 minutes more of us yammering about stuff. I uh, don't know that I have any secret stuff this week. Maybe you guys mm-hmm. have something secret. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, But if you want to help out the show, we would be very grateful because we are very grateful for everybody that does that. You can go to patreon.com slash making it and, you know, help us out whatever level makes sense for you. And uh, thank you for that. Do you guys have anything cool to recommend this week? I I can go. I was going to say check out Ivan Eiler on Instagram. And also you mentioned Bernie Solo. Bernie's been machining reels and his machining level uh his improved level bernie was here he spent a couple days here on july 4th with the go-kart track so i got to hang out with bernie i love that guy so bernie one love and ivan two loves how do you spell one of bernie's boxes right here on my shelf how do you spell i-l-e-r ivan eiler i-l-e-r i think okay ivan by the way has a very very sexy voice you'll become hypnotized when you watch his instagram gotta be careful Okay. What you got, David? Uh, it is an art channel called Ten Hundred. That's the, the the guy goes by the name Ten Hundred, and it's um it's fun. It's all it's he he makes really really good videos, and sometimes there's art challenges. In this latest video, him and his wife customize their new bikes. There's one video where he is on like a Zoom call with other artists, and they play a game where somebody has to somebody comes up with a weird phrase the next person has to draw it and then the next person has to guess what that weird phrase is really cool fun artsy channel and he's not only a great youtuber but an amazing artist that is 10 hundred cool i feel like you've talked about him before maybe, maybe not i don't know um i don't think i have i but maybe yeah. Um, so mine this week is a funny video that I apparently has been around for a very long time and I missed somehow. But uh, some people showed it to me this weekend. Have you guys ever heard of the Turbo Confabulator? <laughs> no, oh, is no. that the guy that talks That's about a... what it is? Yes. Uh, is he in a lab coat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, this video is a legit video, I think. I, no, I, I don't know. I can't I think tell. It's, 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 it's done so straight you can't tell, but it's a joke. But 
Yeah, I guess oh, so. I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's so good, and it's all one take. That was one of the most impressive things yeah. to me. The guy did not <laughs> stutter at all through the entire thing. Oh yes, uh, it's this guy talking about this thing and using so many words. That when I watch I've never when heard I watch uh, stuff made here, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just go watch it. I can't even explain it. It's not very long, but it's it's pretty funny. That came up because we were playing Dungeons and Dragons this weekend. Um, one of our Maker Alliance members, Jared, uh, wrote a campaign for us to play. And it was a Star Wars campaign, and we got into this room with a bunch of like robot parts, and we had a list of things we had to find, and they were all words from that turbo confabulator video so there's like ridiculous words that we had to go look for these things and so they showed me the video so i knew what the joke was but now i know um yeah so that's what we got this week uh i guess unless you guys got anything else uh are we going to talk about our secret project a little bit we can still be cryptic but we can talk about our secret project yeah we need uh parameters in the after sure yeah so we are uh, the three of us are going to be at louisville maker fair on september 10th Right, I'm asking. Yes. Yep. Yep. Larry. Larry tweeted today about it. Uh, the okay. Maker, Louis Maker Fair tweeted today about it. So we're going to be there. If you're in the area, you should absolutely come hang out. Um, it's the only Maker Fair in uh, around here that I know of. It's the only Near Maker me. Fair I think in the whole world right now. <laughs> um, but it's going to you know it's one day only. It's on Saturday. We're going to be there. We're going to do a live podcast. I think in like a like a big room now they have like a like an auditorium style we have room to make sure that this this maker oh, must have a baby up. otherwise they're gonna go extinct <laughs> so yeah come so that we we're not talking to an empty room that would be really cool but we're gonna be there <clears throat> we're gonna be around for the day but then we're also gonna work on a secret project the next day in my shop uh while everybody's in town so that'll be cool we'll talk about that in the after show but if you're gonna be uh, around for maker fair let us know because i think it'd be really cool if we Got a lot of people there to support it. Yeah. Well, now that there's an auditorium, I'm nervous. I don't belong there. <laughs> we should just. It's start funny the when, show when, when you did say the word auditorium, there was a little ridge on the back of my neck, like one hair stood up. I was like, oh boy, that's a big room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If it's a room. I don't know if it's an auditorium or not. Well, room. Okay, the hairs just went back down. Thank you. It's a large room with a stage and a bunch of seats, but it's not an auditorium. It's a coliseum. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Remembering Aaron on this day. Love you, Aaron. Mm.